Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp. As always, I am joined by Will Murden. Fuck, I'm exhausted. How's it going tonight, Will? You sound exhausted. You look exhausted. I, I'm good. I'm going to be bringing the energy tonight, obviously. I'm going to need to keep you up and about throughout this show. Uh, dad life looks like it's getting on top of you here. It's getting real. Shit is fucking hard. It's it is relentless. Hard. It is relentless. Like there's, there's no eject there's no button. Escape. Yeah. No, <laughs> like it's, you go on footy trip and you get like a weekend or even a week if you go large for a week and then you're like, yeah, I can just sleep. But there is no sleep at the end. It is no, like no, sir. footy trips back to back to back, but with like less alcohol, less fun. And... Oh. Yes, certainly. I mean, the the start is absolutely a grind as well. I think it starts to turn. You'll be getting into it soon where you start to get a little bit back. I think you're kind of right in the peak of it's just a blob that you're dealing with that constantly yeah. cries and shits and doesn't do much else apart from that. And you're like, I am investing a lot of my energy here. and I'm not getting anything back. But it'll start to turn for you, mate. So keep keep your chin up. Be positive. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if I've seen some absolute fucking melons out there that have had kids, so if they can fucking do it, I hope I can. That's the one thing that gets you through, isn't it? Because you're like, there's some (laughs) fucking spas. I'm not sure. There's some some special units who are able to to kind of do this. So I've I've got to be able to just your true colours coming out in back to back weeks here around. Your understanding for various different demographics within I'm, our society. I'm going to get cancelled. There's there's a good chance I'm going to get cancelled in today's society. It's not good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Burnley Brewing may or may not be attached to this show anymore, but for currently speaking, they are sponsoring us uh, and they are good uh, brewers and providers of a delicious drop so make sure you do support those guys vault studio podcast and we of course us college football down under so at cfb down under twitter facebook and instagram also please do leave reviews and subscribe to the show as well tell your friends about us tell your mums and dads and anybody else who you think well they won't give a shit they'll be like what what have they got pads on soft cocks but tell them to subscribe anyway even if they don't listen so um, we need all the help they can get. Pussies. What are you doing? Play a real sport. Uh, I don't understand it. It's too slow. Nothing ever happens. Why are they always stopping and starting? Why are they stopping and starting? Anyway, pushing on. A uh, little bit of news. Not much because this week is a shitstorm. So we will get into a tiny bit of news before all the big previews for week 10. Uh, but... From above the treetops, look at this one, Will. What are your thoughts on week 10 or anything to do with college football? I'm just really opening up. Just opening up. The, so- right, the so soapbox here for you. So you can if you're, if you're giving me that, I'm going to talk uh, college football rankings. So that's just been released uh, in the last 24 hours. Uh, the first uh, instance of these rankings that we've seen. And I'm not happy about it. I don't like it. I don't think it's great. And I want your take Wait, on what? some of this. You don't like the ranking. You don't like some sort of ranking. You love a ranking. You love. Well, I like the... to talk a ranking. Yeah. And, and whether it's positive or negative, it, it gets something from me. And this one I'm not big on. So, funnily enough, one of my biggest issues with all of this 
is the fact that there are three Big Ten teams before anyone from the Big 12 or the ACC. Now, the ACC, yeah, we could, we could expect that, but the, but the Big 12. Look, if if we look at this, this, right, this is a real pure look behind the curtain. I have not even looked at these. I'm going to run so. through it for you. So in the first first release, Georgia in at number one. No one's got issue with that. That's fine. I guess it's two through ten where there was real interest this year. Number two comes Alabama. I can get that. They pass the eye test. They're a good team. I could probably get around. Number three, Michigan State. Hmm. I, I have questions there. Like, yes, they have a good win last week, but that's it, really. They've got one good win. Slot in the minute three, okay. Oregon four, mm, they've got a pretty bad loss on their record. Yes, they beat Ohio State, so I'm glad that they're ahead of them, but they do have that loss. So we look at Oklahoma, who are down at eight in this. Yes, they don't have a great win on the schedule, but they haven't been beaten, and they're a pretty darn good team. So for mine, I think that's a bit crazy to have Oregon four, Ohio State five, Cincinnati six. Get out of here. Cincinnati can't get in. That they shut them out, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I hate that because it's them at six. They have Houston and SMU, who they both will be playing, both not ranked. So they're essentially saying they're no good either. They've got no way mm. in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. After Houston, well, b- both those teams are one loss, and Houston just beat SMU on a final kick. So those teams are good as well, but. Yep, no way in for Cincy at this point, unless there's carnage above them, which it's just not going to happen. I don't, not, not well, on the. Well, on if, the if you look at it, there biblical are. Biblical scale that Cincinnati need, though. There are two SEC teams above them, and there are two Big Ten teams above them. So let's, like, the way that that plays out, you're assuming that. Oregon kind of win out and then they get in the four and you take the winner of both of those conferences get in. There's three spots. You're then looking at the loser of one of those conferences getting over the top of an undefeated Cincinnati, which, you know, the way it's shaping up could well be the case or there still may be an in for them here. So I'm not ruling it out yet. I just... It's hard. It seems like it's it's harder to do though. It it feels like it's going to be harder for Cincinnati to get in than to not. They are number two in the AP poll. So uh, I just think off the bat, it's a bit disrespectful for them. I'm not thrilled about it. Uh, I think there's a lot of Big Ten bias in this. Uh, I don't think they lit it up in their out-of-conferences. Like if uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but... Ohio but State like this is why lost. this whole thing... That's why these whole things are stupid because these aren't fully independent. I say fully independent. They're, it's an independent body, but it's... This doesn't come without bias, it, and it can't. These guys would sit down and they would future-proof this thing against, or, or to it's it's about money still. So they're going to future-proof it to generate the best outcomes that they can get. So a high state sitting there at five suits them because a high state at this stage are red-hot favourites to go and win the Big Ten. If they don't, and Michigan State does it, cool. Michigan State is already inserted there to protect against that. Georgia and Alabama aren't moving out of the top four. Even if Alabama loses again, like, even if it loses the SEC championship game. Now, I know there's still a ways to go here because Auburn can win out and then uh, they host Alabama. And if they win uh, the West and go and play Georgia, are they in? I don't know. They've only got one loss, probably. 
like Auburn would be in under those circumstances. Yeah, they they still hold control their destiny. Yeah. So like even them sitting at thirteen feels like they've got more of an opportunity than uh, Cincinnati at six. Two dollars eighty like, you can get for Cincinnati to make the playoffs. How much? Two dollars eighty. Really? Yes. Dollar forty for them not to. Two dollars eighty for them to make it. Hmm. There you go. Um, I, I just think it, it just sets up, and then if necessary, if Oklahoma run the table, they are in a position to jump everybody to get in as well, because you're not leaving an undefeated Big Twelve champ out. I know we're speculating here, but same with Wake Forest. Like, say Oklahoma, Wake Forest run the table, and Ohio State win it, win out. You know, you have to put the an undefeated ACC champion. You have to put an undefeated Big 12 champion. You're putting the SEC champion in. And then what, Oregon misses out? The Big 10 misses out? Like, where's that going from there? Like, I don't know. This just isn't shaping up for Cincinnati. They need some more carnage to come. Now, I think Wake Forest have probably got a loss. Um, Michigan State have got a loss. I don't think that's a concern. Uh, and Oregon probably somewhere will drop one as well because that's what they do. But... I just this, yeah. I don't. I don't like it. I never have, and I, I never like these things because I mean the only good thing about this ranking is that it does wait nine weeks before doing so, but it again still has the ability to look only four weeks into the future at the schedules that are upcoming and go how what is our what how do we manipulate this to get the bigger programs in there as much as possible and this wouldn't change if you move to an eight team thing either. I don't teams. think like, like I or twelve teams. Say you pick twelve, I think teams like Texas A and M and Auburn probably are high, listed as higher than what they are now. Um, yeah, that's an interesting take. So, so you think that there will be more bias towards the big program still in this one? Uh, 100%. If, if it were to expand, I, I'm not 100%. sure. A hundred percent, it will. Like it will. It, it is all about ratings and reviews it is going to be a situation where they're not looking at positions five and six and how they manipulate that they're going to be looking at how they manipulate the bottom end and you can't help but do that that is human nature on some level like i said it's not totally independent and they would look at well the first four teams is in a 12 team playoff the first four get a buy and then the others are playing at home so they will look at again under the proposed model they would look at, well, who's got the biggest opportunity to get the big campus atmosphere and they would manipulate those rankings. If it's currently where it sits now, I think Ohio State at five would play Baylor at 12. Is that correct? Uh, Ohio State, Baylor, yes, I believe that's how it would... Play. So how could they manipulate that to get a better matchup for better ratings? Ohio State playing Auburn at the horseshoe is going to get better ratings than Ohio State Baylor. So they would change that. Of course they would. Because This is mighty cynical of you, mate. Mate, I am you know I'm cynical around all this. And this this continues to lean into my love hate relationship with college football because I love the game and, and that's where I think I mentioned on last week's episode around like how our fandoms differ quite a bit. You love this shit. I actually don't. I love watching a game of football with all the things in between, I really struggle with those things like red zone and aspects where you're jumping and flipping around all the time. I can have two games going, two to th two and keeping an eye on a third. 
but two games, watching it, getting a feel for the storyline, a feel for the game, a feel for how the offense is playing, a feel for how the defense is playing. That's what interests me. I feel about the culture and the experience in that stadium on that day. I don't give a shit about any of this because this is all about money, which I fucking hate. So I love, I'm probably more of a purist than that. Anyway. That's just me jumping up and down here. A little Boom, bit, but. he's come to life. Here we go. Yeah, I Go have a little bit because I want, and this is again what I lean into. I want quality games at the end of the year. That is what I want. So that's where I think that these playoff things don't support more quality, entertaining games at the end of the year. I want more things that I can follow in detail, not a bigger spread of games that are less interesting. That's not what I want. I want, I want more games that have interest. Well, right uh, anyway. now, right now there are theoretically nine teams who can make the playoff. Uh, if we, we when we expand to a twelve at this nine part of the year, teams? yeah, I'd say there's yeah, nine but- teams. I'd go down to Wake. So there's nine teams that can make the playoff as it is right now. If we go down to twelve, there'd be twenty five that are vying for playoff football still. Yes, they're vying for playoff football. That doesn't guarantee quality games at the end games. of the year. Those last games are like there's something on the line. There's something tangible that they really want to get after. But okay, possibly. But then your Bama Auburn game holds less value. Your Oklahoma Oklahoma State Bedlam potentially holds less value. Ooh, I wouldn't and, have or, thought because both of those, but it, like but it Auburn might. and Oklahoma State, are playing for a correct for a spot in. So the it means it means something to them. Why would Alabama trot out their starters? Like they might just sit because well, they're because they're playing for a top four spot. They can't afford to. But they not but they would like, like if, off. Like, oh, obviously we, they mean, want to buy. We're going hypothetical hard here, but like if Alabama run the table and go into the Iron Bowl, yeah, they'll be like, yeah, we want to win. But it really doesn't matter if they do or not. Like it, it yes, apart from bragging rights, but it really doesn't matter if they do or not. They could lose that; they'd still finish top four if they go and win the SEC from there. So it just doesn't like, those games do matter to me. They're the most entertaining games we've ever seen that we've ever been involved in. And there's a potential for those games to not be entertaining. And then you know. follow that with future weeks. I think they still mm. play out. You're talking yeah. a real exception case here. Real French case yeah. that I don't know if it ever... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be interested. I could be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I could be wrong. But I think it is lip service. Anyway, let's fucking move on and get into... The only other bit of news I wanted, wanted to bring up was that weird monkey situation at Texas. I thought you would really like that. Brilliant. Loved it. Fantastic. I mean, talk us through it. What the, what the fuck happened? That is a headline you like to read. So like, I was, like most people, kind of perusing through Twitter and saw a comment about, you know, at least on our coaching staff we don't have our assistant coaches stripper partners monkey biting a kid and that immediately kind of like what what <laughs> and so like you, yeah. you kind of dig into that little bit you, and it did, just type texas uh and monkey into google and and this will come up at you but apparently the uh, the texas special teams coordinator uh, has seems like an interesting guy. Seems like he's got a bit going on uh, uh-huh. off the field, which is fine. We all like to have our own lives outside of our uh, professional ones. But uh, he will just discriminates against you for those things. But that's fine. Yep, push on. It it depends. But <laughs> depends if you can like, choose or not. If if you don't have a choice in it, that's where I really apparently come to shine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got to have a good hard look at myself, don't I? Um, 
But so this this coach has a uh, a girlfriend who uh, was once a stripper. I don't know if she still is. Who knows? I think she still might be. Okay, uh, but that's once it's a, a stripper, profession. Always a stripper, I think. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, and so she uh, obviously likes likes a few things different in life, and apparently has a pet monkey. Uh, and this pet monkey on Halloween has, has come around and bit a kid. That's not an innuendo either. That is like a legitimate yeah, like a, primate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like the this may also lead to another pandemic deal. <laughs> the monkey biting. Um, so yeah, like that, that was a good one. I enjoyed it. I had a good chuckle. Uh, not, not the sort of headline you read every day. All right, let's get into our Week 10 games. Like we said at the top, not a whole lot to get excited about, but we'll start with the big ranked matchup of the week. Number 12, Auburn at number 13, Texas A&M. This is a game that you would be frothing at, Will. I know how much you love the SEC. You love the Auburn Tigers. You've always been a Johnny Football fan that's bled into Texas A&M, like closet fandom as well. So... Talk us through it. Take us through it. Why why are A&M five-point favourites here? Uh, I think that's come in to three and a half. You and, you and your early lines. I don't know where Mate, you... you've got to take the early lines, dude. I don't know where you get your data from. Well, it depends. It depends on who you like in this one. But uh, it's, it's this is a cracking matchup in the SEC. Number 12, Auburn. Number 13, Texas A&M. Two programs who have been good this year without being fantastic and have had a, a couple of disappointing patches, but have also had some really good moments. So Texas A&M uh, are still obviously flying high on the back of the Alabama victory and then uh, seem to, to get a bit of resurgence about that. In, in the lead up to that, they were really flailing around a little bit. They had some disappointing results with that matchup against Colorado that was just mind-bafflingly gross. Oh, he's um, pulled out a new word there, 30-toothy and mind-bafflingly. That's definitely a word. <laughs> All right, push um, on there. So but they, they, they've had that win. They've then gone and beaten Missouri comfortably and beaten the piss Meh. out of South Carolina. Like, uh, Yeah, I'm not giving out any awards for those victories, but they have looked a lot better. They've, they've put up some points. Their defense is, is staying strong. So... They're a program that you can certainly see and go, they're kind of trending in the right direction now. That Alabama win has flicked something for them. I think they're doing a bit. Uh, obviously, it's the quarterback position where they've had some big question marks this year. Um, they, don't have, they don't have a Bo Nix on their side. Uh, Calzada's had to step in and... Like, he's done an admirable job, but he's learning on the job very much. It, it's... This... This matchup in general is really a two-gun running backs, uh, and, and that's whoever can kind of exploit that matchup and, and do their work there and, and get them off the chain is really the one who's going to come out on top. So we talk Tank Bigsby on the Auburn side. Uh, they've been very good on the year. You talk about it. We, we mentioned it in the recap last week. They were able to get him going. That frees Bo Nix up. That just gets the, the play style running for them so that they can be effective. Uh, and then Isaiah Spiller on the other side. Uh, he's been really productive this year. Uh, very good player in his own right. 
Um, and same sort of deal, like take the pressure off Calzada, let him get going. So I think it's whichever of those two is able to establish up front, uh, and that's going to obviously be led by their offensive line, who, who can make something happen for them, should uh, really guide their team here. Uh, I think it's Spiller. I, I think it's the, the home team. I'm back in A&M because they're at home. Uh, Auburn coming off a, a big match last week with Ole Miss, uh, probably a, a bit bit out of the tank in that so A&M for me in this one yeah I mean I haven't been super impressed with Calzada since the Alabama game like it's not like he's had a whole heap of aerial success against Mizzou and South Carolina as well so there are some concerns there about around is he going to be able to to hit the play when he needs to I think Bo Nix is probably the better quarterback he's certainly more battle tested and has seen a lot more stuff um, compared to, you know, his compatriot on the other side. Compatriot, probably not the, the correct term there, but his, his direct opposite um, at that quarterback position. But it sort of comes down to two teams that are, again, and I feel like we've said this multiple times this year, but two teams that are built in a bit of a similar fashion. You do have those two running backs. You've got some okay defenses, like A&M's defense has been run on. Auburn's defense has been run on at times, but appear to be fractionally stronger so to me Auburn here really really I I, I don't really see why they aren't favorites because like, A&M's defense has been it sort of came into the year being like Texas saying the strength of this team is going to be centered around the boys up front and their ability to be able to stop the run and generate a pass rush and that probably hasn't happened to the level that we expected from A&M particularly early on in the season and now we're at a situation where you're like, well, Bo Nix, you now have to go into College Station, play a solid, clean game, and lead your team to victory. I keep reading that he's on fire. I keep reading that he's a superstar. I will put this thing to bed if when the lights are at their brightest on Saturday night, Sunday morning, you show up and you turn this thing on and you go and lead your team with the help of Tank Bigsby, of course, I will put this thing to bed. I'll eat my crow. I'll do all those things. That is fine. Um, you know, some sort of assassin can come and wipe me out or something based on this whole like Bo Nix thing. But I need to see it. And, and here is that opportunity. If you are actually on fire, prove it. Go and, and win this and win this by a touchdown. Like, let's not scratch home on a block punt or like, you know, going eight for 16 and 190 yards with a touchdown interception. I mean, go and lead this thing, win the game um, and, and show us you can play big boy football. Yeah, uh, look, that's fair. I think to, to back up you as well, if, if I'm looking at it through Auburn lens, a pro-Auburn lens as, as to why they could be confident, you look at the result against Arkansas for both of these teams. Uh, Auburn comfortably got over the top and looked like a much better unit. Whereby when and, and that was on the road, uh, when A and M came up against them, big hyped match up there. Arkansas were the better side on, on the neutral field, so I know we don't like to do that, but I think that's probably the closest sample size we've got of these two programs of, of what they've done. And Auburn certainly passed the test uh, in that in that one. Now I am still going to continue to double down, and I think Auburn may win this game. Auburn may well win this game, but it's not going to be because Bo Nix lights it up. I think it comes on the back of Tank Bigsby. 
Um, whoever wins up front defensively, because I'd probably trust that Auburn offensive line a fraction more. Whoever wins up front defensively wins the game. All right, let us move on. And I'm going to give you a crack this week, Will, because this slate of games is pretty average. Oklahoma State at West Virginia. This one does hold significance in the Big 12. If Oklahoma State win this one, you roll potentially all the way into Bedlam with just one loss. And then that number 13, 14 ranking, whatever you are, on the year at the moment is you you still are alive here in the college football playoff i'd you know if oregon can take a loss to stanford and still be in there oklahoma state can run the table beat oklahoma twice that would be enough to make the college football playoff as well i like hearing that uh i honestly i don't i'm not sure that is the case uh, what I'd be- you run the table from here and you don't make it I, a one I'm- loss big 12 championship beating oklahoma twice yes I see a world where we don't make it on the back of it. Oklahoma's number eight at the moment in the rating, the rankings. They don't rate them. Let's as not a football revisit team. this fucking beehive. <laughs> Good call. Um, <laughs> but yes, this this is really really tricky here. Uh, this this spot for the Cowboys. So as we've alluded to a number of times on this show, Morgantown can be a funny place to play uh, and it can be really really difficult for opposing teams to come in there because that fan base can get a little crazy and get a little oh, easy 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 i don't want you to have to beep out something and say something you don't mean here would, would if, if i'm not bleep, beeping out what we started then <laughs> i don't think i can get much worse to be honest uh so look it's definitely it's, it's a tough spot but oklahoma state have been able to get uh, the best of West Virginia in the past. They've won the last six meetings uh, and they would be coming in with confidence here. It's, it's certainly not something that they're overlooking at all. Uh, as you alluded to, I think the next couple of games after this are the ones where there's a bit of a risk at this, but this is very much a crucial matchup for them that they're going to be dialed into and keen to see what, uh, what they can shake out uh, and, and whether that offensive explosion we saw at Kansas last week is the sign of something to come or if it would just really is because Kansas are that bad. And but to be honest, I, I, think it, one, I think, I think it is the second one, one absolutely. <laughs> but, but we have seen it in the past from Oklahoma State and, and Spencer Sanders is in that window where he, he should be able to produce some really positive results. We've seen Jalen Warren play some really good football this year. He has established himself as a top quality running back at the college football level. So I think working around that, knowing what they've got now, they can do that. And I think the other big thing that uh, Oklahoma State are benefiting from is that offensive line play is starting to step up as well. I think Spencer Sanders often struggles because he has next to no time. And any quarterback in that situation really finds things tough. When he does have that time is where he's excelled. And if they can continue to stay healthy, keep him clean, they should cruise through in this one. Um, But... On the West Virginia side, they'd have their tails up right now. So they had a big win over Iowa State last week. Letty Brown getting work done uh, on the ground for them. He has done damage against the Cowboys uh, previously. And, and that's 
there's a few like names that stick out of programs like in in the conference that you follow and it's always because they play well against your team and, and Letty Brown is one of those guys for me so he's one to watch out for uh I think it's, it, it, it is going to be one of the best matches of the week. Uh, so I encourage everyone to, to get up at the 6 a.m. spot, I think it is, to watch this and really cheer home my Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think this one's just got a bit of going to be a bit of a weird one about it. You're going to have to score a few points. West Virginia's made their name over the last couple of years more on defense than on the offensive side, despite what they had done in years before that under Dana Holgerson. Uh but they've they've put up points in bunches. It's not been consistent, but uh, you know if they can do that and if they can jump Oklahoma State out the blocks, I think it's going to be really hard to muster a comeback in this one. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I don't think you want to be playing from behind. This isn't your this isn't your like two thousand and like sixteen Oklahoma State versus West Virginia game. Like you, this isn't going to be like fifty eight sixty three. You're gonna need to, you're gonna need to play a little bit more defense, and you're gonna have to be solid against the run, which Oklahoma State have been. They lead the conference against the run. They're gonna have to do that again, um, but it is a long way to travel, and I think this one could get a little funky on them. So um, I can see why you'd be nervous about this, and hold on to your hold on to your butts because it's gonna uh, this one's gonna be decided in the last. All right. Let's move on to Saturday's game. Uh, Utah at Stanford. I think this one is relatively significant. Do want to spend a little bit of time here because Utah are favorite in the Pac-12 South now and they're cruising along um, at the moment, averaging nearly 39 points in their last four games and have been well in control for those. If they get through this game, you have in their last three games at Arizona, Oregon and Colorado. Arizona might be the worst team in like group of five in sorry in power five football. They're shocking and Colorado not far behind them. So uh like they're really, really average. Utah's defense has been disappointing based on their usual high standards in the sixties in most significant categories. But they're putting up points, which is a little bit different for Utah. And Stanford has been extremely one-dimensional. They can't run the ball. They rely on Tanner McKee to do the heavy lifting at that quarterback position to Stanford. And I just don't think you're going to be able to do that against Utah. Yes, you're hosting them, but the Utes have got the Pac-12 South division crown on lock at the moment. So they're going to have to continue to play well and win out. And I think they do that. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on this one. Uh, Utah are one of the hotter teams, especially in the Pac-12 at the moment. And yes, they had that letdown against Oregon State last week, which was a surprise to me with how well that they were traveling. Oregon State, a good team, but they're not great. So that is a disappointing one for them. But outside of that, they've had some really positive results where they've really controlled the games that they've played in. That includes UCLA last week. Before that, Arizona State, USC, Washington State. These are all decent programs who are having above average years or, or good years, save maybe USC. Uh, and they controlled those football matches. So, so they were all over them. If you flip over to Stanford and look on the other side of this one, wow. it, it's not the case. Like there, there was a point early in the year yeah. where Stanford won a couple of games then they lost to UCLA, but it was relatively tight. Then they beat Oregon and we were like, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, Stanford yeah. Are, are actually okay. 
And then the wheels would just come off. Uh, they, yeah. they haven't been disgraced, but they lost to Arizona State quite comfortably. They dropped one to Washington State uh, by less than you know, three points. Um, went down to Washington after that, who are starting to find some form. Like, by no means has this been embarrassing for them and, and a complete disaster, but they're certainly not where we thought they might have been earlier on in the year. And it just feels like a tale of two directions across these programs. Um, I'd be hesitant to get too far ahead with Utah because it feels like it's one of those ones where it's like every everything tells us Utah should win on how things have been trending. But I think it's been close enough on both sides that something could get weird here and that it could be closer than you think. But this Especially- has been like the anti-Utah season. Sorry to interrupt here, but this yeah. has been like the anti-Utah season. Normally they're building big and then drop a bad one or like can't beat USC for some reason. It's always that, they should. Yeah. It's always that. But like they're always building towards the end of the year and then fall flat. If anything, it's gone the reverse this year. They came out the blocks sluggish at best and now they're building up. So I sort of feel like their best football potentially is still ahead of them. Yeah, oh, and, and that's what it's tracking. That's what that's what it's looking like. So I can certainly get behind that narrative. But I am wary of riding off this Stanford team. The, the, yes, they are three and five, but I dare say they're one of the better three and five teams getting around. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's get to Sunday's action in the early time slot. We've got a few to get to here. Number six, Ohio State at Nebraska. Now, Nebraska are going to just have to be perfect in this one, which is something they have not done all year. Their defense has been improved, but the offense for the Cornhuskers continues to be disappointing. And yes, it may be you know, whilst I don't watch every intimate detail of Nebraska football each week, I have watched them quite considerably. And every single time I seem to be watching them, Adrian Martinez is doing something wrong. They're turning the ball over a little too much. He's got seven picks in nine games, which is not horrific by any means, but it's also not great either. Uh, so if you're going to win this one, if you're going to beat one of, speaking of hot teams in the country, Ohio State are certainly that both on the field and in the media to do that to beat them you're going to have to play clean no penalties no turnovers and that has to be the baseline that's the baseline for giving yourself a chance to win this game for the top five tacklers for nebraska are their linebackers so this defense pretty old school it's a little bit um that defense is kind of like watching football from like 1994 or something but uh you know they put a lot of pressure on their linebackers to make those plays and they're going to have to make those plays against one of the hottest running backs in the country as well in Travion Henderson. And he is ready to take over college football. There are still people out there who do not know his name. Get to know it because he is going to light things up over the next 12 months. Uh, you're going to force those linebackers to stay in the box, fill your gaps. And then you go one-on-one, you go play action, you go RPO with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, um, Smith and Jigba, and you're, you're cruising. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here, mate. Nebraska need to be perfect to then lose this one by one score. Like, that's been <laughs> yeah. their MO. They keep doing that, and, and they need to be really good to do that. Uh, Ohio State, in the last two matchups with Nebraska, have won by an average margin of 33 points, which is a lot. I think they have the number here. I think they continue to grow. And as much as it is the offense that gets it done for Ohio State, it is the resurgence of that defense that has really 
having them talked about as the genuine threat, as the clear-cut favourite in the Big Ten, even though Michigan State have shown that they're, they're the team to beat. It is that defence coming together that has me confident in that program. So I believe they continue to roll and Ohio State win comfortably here. Let's head to the ACC. Number 10, Wake Forest at North Carolina. Did want to give a little bit of love here to Wake Forest because this game's a pick And to me, Sam Hartman, the quarterback there for the Deeks and Wake Forest, are being undervalued in this one completely. Uh, I say they're number 10, number 9 in the uh, playoff football poll, whatever. The f- I, I still don't have a, I never get that out right. I never know what it is. College football playoff rankings. Anyway, um, but this is a team that is top 10 in the country in passing offense and total offense. They can put up yards and they can put up points. And this North Carolina defense has been shaky shaky at best against the run um defensively they've allowed a lot of points and yards in the last three weeks miami fsu and notre dame have all worked them and this those all every single one of those offenses has question marks around it they are not like elite offenses in college football and they've all mashed up north carolina's defense so wake forest um get ready for them to put on an offensive explosion. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's at Chapel Hill. This is a non-conference game, which is a bit of a weird one. It's a non-conference ACC game. They're old foes. It's all part of the, like, the tobacco road thing um, that they've got going on. But it's not a long distance for them to travel. Um, give Yeah, wake to win. Even though that defense has got question marks, we know the old adage that offense wins championships. Look, my immediate thought was elite. Like, you say they're not elite, and, and we're talking Wake Forest. Is Wake Forest elite offense? And then I kind of had to think about it. Well, actually, no, they fucking are. Like, they've, they've yeah. shown that they are this year. They, they are in that bracket, and they deservedly should be there. And you're right. They are going to put up a bucket load of points in this one. And, yes, they conceded a whole heap in their last matchup with, was it Army, where that game just decided like to... It was like 66 to It was a, it was a, board, it was a basketball game. It was a basketball <laughs> game. Um, and, like, thankfully, they're not playing UNC in basketball here. I, I think they continue to roll. Uh, the home team has won the last six uh, in this one so I think whilst you're playing down the travel there it obviously does have a factor uh, and that is obviously why North Carolina have been favoured in this even though they are unranked and, and have been pretty average this year Wake Forest still undefeated still charging I'm continuing to roll with them here I think they're really good I think Sam Hartman is still just getting disrespected a little bit for what he's been able to produce in this offense. He should be a Heisman contender, sure. Absolutely he should be. If Kenny Pickett's getting that love, then Sam Hartman should be in there too. He's fantastic. They continue to roll. Give me the Deeks. If you like, it's going to be a really interesting game because the offense is is fun and it's interesting. And if you want to watch a whole bunch of plays where you're pretty sure that the the offense is just running the wrong play and it's just completely busted up with this like slower than molasses mesh point where you're really not quite sure is he is he something's wrong here that there's there's not oh he's pulled it out and he's throwing it okay cool and then it's like next play really slow oh they've they've false started they've caught no uh, okay he's just been sprung for 15 yards on the ground cool so watch that weird slow mesh uh rpo game that they run which is really interesting to watch uh, we're going to head to the group of five, SMU at Memphis. I, I think this game's significant because uh, well, SMU dropped that game, but they're still alive in the American. 
but they need to run the table now. And this is back-to-back -back road games for Memphis. Cincinnati need SMU to go and win this game, probably win this game comfortably. Memphis have been a little bit disappointing this year, but like I said, back-to-back -back trips on the road, never good in college football. The numbers do not support the team that has to travel twice. And you combine that with the big emotional loss last week, and the Mustangs could bottom out here with Sonny Dyke. So I'm, I'm a little bit nervous for SMU. Um, you need to lean on Tanner Mordecai, Ulysses Bentley, and Reggie Robeson. Now, I know Ulysses Bentley and Reggie Robeson have been played second fiddle, both as like running back and receiver respectively. But if they can show that leadership, that maturity, and guide that team home, um, they're going to need to show that seniority there uh, to, to get them over the top of this Memphis Tigers outfit. Yes, very dangerous spot for SMU here. So crushing loss last week. Now they go to Memphis. Uh, the Tigers 3-1 and one at home this year. You say they've been disappointing. They have, but they still have been a good team at home. This, this is a team that beat Mississippi State in this stadium earlier this year. They're looking all right. The big question mark they have is around Seth Hennigan, their quarterback, whether he's going to get up to play or not. I think that has a big impact on this one. And if he is, whether he's able to play. I think it's a hand issue, yeah, injury that he's uh, suffering from. So you don't want that impacting his performance if he is able to play. That, to me, is the one positive thing that I think SMU has because you're right, this is a very dangerous spot that they're coming into here. So they're going to need to be really sharp and have a couple of things go their way in order to continue this run that they're on this year. All right, as we push on back to the ACC, Georgia Tech at Miami. We don't need to spend long on this one, but this game opened at seven in favor of the Canes. Shot out to eight and a half at the moment with Miami. What are your thoughts if you've got any on Miami, Georgia Tech? You probably don't. No, I don't have a lot. I think Miami are trending in the right direction. I mentioned that in the last episode that there's some young guys getting who are looking, getting a look and looking good. So I think there's reason for optimism there. Uh, Georgia Tech have been a bit all over the shop. They've had some good outings this year, but they're still just a bit off the pace. Uh, so I can see why the money's coming in for Miami because there's optimism there that they seem to be moving in the right direction. And if they get a big win here, man, how, how do you sack Manny Diaz on the back of that? You just do. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. On, I mean, the man of the moment in this one is Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, that QB is gaining a little bit of national attention here. He's starting to make a few headlines. Uh, well, he is, Will. He is. He's Maybe making in more. the Miami Chronicle. Uh, mate, you can Google some shit if you like. But... Uh, I don't need to... Yeah, Texas monkey. That's, that's my... <laughs> uh, but he's starting to eat up the blitz. So he's a big arm quarterback. He sees the blitz quite well. He's tall. And now they're going... Man, and like they were going man coverage on the back of that, which is pretty standard. And he's starting to, to eat that up a little bit. So I'm looking for Jeff Collins, who I think is a really good coach, to look to play a little more zone this week. See if he can fit the ball in tighter windows with DBs actually looking at the quarterback. And you might see a few more, you know, rolled coverages, cloud coverages, uh, a few like deception type opportunities, like robbing that slant in the RPO game. Like they might start in a too high look and then and then roll it down to a, a cover one and try and rob some of that stuff. Um, potentially lightens the box for the running game. But that's not what Miami do well. So look for Jeff Collins to potentially cook up this uh, young QB. And this one might be a little tighter than people think. Okay. 
Illinois at Minnesota, Liberty at Old Miss in the Hugh Freeze Bowl, Army at Air Force if you want a game that'll go for about an hour and a half, and Pitt at Duke. Anything on those? Yeah, that uh, Liberty Old Miss game has me a little surprised around how close that line is. So it's it's under ten points uh, there with Old Miss at home. I uh, guess Malik Willis has been good this year, but Liberty. They, they don't feel like the team that they were last year. I don't think they are as good across the board. I guess the big question mark with Ole Miss at the moment is All who's fit. All uh, exactly right. Who's fit and healthy and like how far are they going down the depth chart to be able to field a side? Um, oh, yeah, that has me cautious enough not to, to bet this one, but interesting that it could be a tight one because Hugh Freeze Bowl could be a bit of fun. The Hugh Freeze Bowl. Uh, Illinois, Minnesota, very quickly. Minnesota, we feel like, has been a little bit disappointing. Tanner Morgan didn't come out and light the world on fire early. Illinois got their one weird win against Penn State in that nine-overtime game. Does a team like Illinois, are they able to double down in the same year and get another weird upset? Uh, I probably On the road put, as well. Yeah, I don't put this one in the same boat, though. Like, yes, Minnesota have turned the corner, but it's... The first one was like a really nationally relevant, wow, that's that's crazy upset, where if they were kind of to do it here with Minnesota, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Would but, you, though? Like, this is a Minnesota team that is leading the Big Ten West. Like, they are in box like seat saying you're, It's like saying you're winning the ACC Coastal. I knew you were going <laughs> to do that. I knew you were going to do that. Fuck you, Cox, Well, Don't just serve them up for me like that, mate. Of course I'm going to uh, knock Serve out up Cox. Park. You love having Cox served up for you. Must be a uh, Thunderers footy club thing. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's push on to the kind of early uh, early morning sort of times, like 4.30 to 6 o'clock. The ones that are a little bit more comfortable to get up for. Number five, Michigan State at Purdue. Now, speaking of teams that have the propensity and the ability to beat teams that are highly ranked... Purdue Boilermaker football is one of those teams. And I don't think this is a bad matchup for the Boilermakers. I believe in the letdown. I think that is a thing in college football. Michigan State just came off not only a big emotional win, but a big emotional comeback win in a fourth quarter, in a rivalry game. Now they need to go on the road and play a team at Rossade Stadium that has a history of upsetting the highly ranked and i think they can do it in this one before i get into the depths of this do you have thoughts on this game Will? i i do not believe so I, I think if you look through purdue's history this year with the results that they've had they've really struggled against teams that run the ball very well yeah, where that's their me. focus notre you dame minnesota wisconsin all teams who like to run the ball well and that did not end well for purdue if there's anything that michigan state can do and, and our boy kenny kenny football walker is able kenny to do football walker wow that's new. He can run the ball. So I, I, just on the back of that, I think uh, Michigan State are able to continue this dream season they've got going. Yeah, I, I will push back a fraction. And I, th I agree with you that Purdue's struggled against the run and, and you've got a probably Doak Walker winner, which is the running back war award. Like he's, he'd be hard to topple at this point almost. Like he's been an absolute unit. Um, I think if you can keep him to a like paltry 120 yards, one touchdown day out, I think that's possibly enough to win. 
because Purdue can score enough, and you're going up against a pass defense. There are 130 teams in college football. Where is the Sparty pass defense ranked, Will? Do you know? Uh, 102. 129 Whoa. out of 130. This is the number three ranked team, or number yeah, number three ranked team in the country. They've got the second worst pass defense in the country. So, on top of that, you've got an elite pass catcher in David Bell on the outside for Purdue. So it is not out of the realms of possibility that Purdue's pass game gets out the blocks well and and has their way with a Michigan State defense that is okay up front, but hasn't really kind of shone from a, a a pass defense perspective and certainly a pass rush perspective as well. So the the recipe here is can you stop the run just enough and then have your way with the Sparty DBs? I think if those two things happen, Purdue are a legitimate shot here. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's two and a half point line in this. Yeah. So th- this is kind of a very tight affair in the eyes of Vegas. And they, they tend to know what's going on more often than not. So it wouldn't be a huge shock to anyone, I don't think. Uh, I'm just going with the team that's been a bit more consistent across the year. And fair enough. Uh, Mississippi State at Arkansas. So back into the SEC. This one was shaping up to be a really relevant game, I guess, when the season was just a few weeks old. But that's not really the case anymore. Mississippi State have been good defending the run. 19 in the country in yards per attempt against. And this is an Arkansas team that wants to run the ball first and foremost giving up plays against the pass and Traylon Burks is going to have to do work again to give the Pig Suey Nation a, a chance at winning this one. Playing a team in Mississippi State, they're 3-1 in their last four. The only loss is to Bama. Wins against ranked Kentucky, ranked Texas A&M. So Mississippi State going along okay at the moment. And if they can play clean and limit turnovers and penalties and the stuff we spoke about last week that they did so well against Kentucky, they can do that again. No reason that they can't go into Arkansas and win this. Yeah, certainly. I'm really liking this Mississippi State team. Uh, good balance from Mike Leach team. Like the defense is legit. They have some playmakers, and they're they're looking good on that front this year. And that's what I back in. Like they're not giving up big scores. I think Arkansas are going to struggle to put up a whole heap of points against them in this one. Yes, they exploded for fifty odd against Ole Miss, but that's kind of more like playing. Who did they play last week? Like someone with prairie in the name which is crazy yeah pine bluff prairie pine bluff or whatever something like that crazy um and and like old miss's defense is more aligned to that than it will be to mississippi state's defense mm-hmm. so I, I think they're going to struggle to put up points i like what they've got going uh, on offense at the moment i think they continue to roll uh Arkansas going to be a tough one because things were looking really promising for them and then they've had a bit of a rough patch in the middle here I mean no shame losing to Georgia on the road to Mississippi and then against a decent Auburn team like that that's not it's a tough schedule they do have a tough schedule so but exactly right it, it's up against them yes they had a nice little cushy one last week and then oh sorry two weeks ago and then a bye so they're coming in fully charged but Mississippi State off the back of a good victory against Kentucky uh, give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I could also see a world, and I don't know why, but you know when you get these Mike Leach games where the quarterback goes like, you know, 33 of 53 for like 206 yards and five interceptions. There's always like, so many interceptions. So yeah, many. I know. Yeah. 
I don't know why that happened. It's not like one interception. It's like (laughs) all the interceptions. It it can be one, but if it's ever two, then it's just six. (laughs) Just jump. (laughs) So um, I'm not not saying that's going to happen, but it also, if I saw that, speaking of things that wouldn't shock me, that sounds like a bold prediction. Aaron's bold prediction this week. Uh, Mississippi State. Will, Will Rogers has Will Rogers. six interceptions and had mostly three incompletions on like, last week. Throws <laughs> six interceptions this week. I like. And it. has like, and they're mostly on like pitches that are like intercepted by defensive linemen. Anyway, <laughs> NC State at Florida State. Uh, ACC relevance here in that if the Wolfpack are interested in winning the ACC championship, which I assume they still are, they need to win out from this point. They only have one conference loss at the moment, and that is from a team in the Coastal. So technically, they still control their own destiny fully. If they, you know, they've beaten Clemson already, they need to go and beat Wake Forest. If that happens, they cruise. But it's got to start this week against Florida State. Uh, And that rush defense that struggled... At times, not always, they were pretty good against Miami, but they need to show up again um, and they need to be able to run the ball as well. They've got the pieces to do that. Zonovan Bam Knight is a good running back and they have the top two defense in the ACC. I don't think Florida State are very good, but NC State needs to go into Tallahassee and win this. Yeah, I'm so off Florida State. I got nothing here. (laughs) Okay. Number 22 at Penn... uh, Sorry, not number 22 at Penn State. Number 22, Penn State... Against Maryland, is there a chance this one gets one of those weeks where all the stars align for Maryland and things get funky? Because we've seen it in the past. Indiana used to do it every year against Ohio State and then would you know miss a two-point conversion or turn the ball over on the final drive or something like that. Is this one of those ones for Maryland? I definitely think it could be. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but these guys are rocking pretty similar uh, records now with how things have been going of late to Penn State. So this is certainly in the realm of possibility that uh, Penn State struggle here, Maryland, get some some of that early season form back and then start to turn it around. But uh, Penn State are deservedly favourites in this one due to what we've seen uh, from Maryland in the last few weeks. But I don't have a huge amount of faith in in what Penn State has been serving up. Uh, Maryland got the best of them last year. uh, And I don't know, do we just write all of Penn State's year off last year because it was such a fucking train wreck for them? Um, I mean, you could, but they're currently on a three-game skid. So, like, are they starting to look more like 2020 Penn State? We're we're talking the anti-2020 Penn State because Penn State last year lost their first six and then just were trashing teams down the stretch. Then they've won their first five here and then they're like, all right, COVID season's up, we're done. Uh, (laughs) And then then they've put in the school kids. uh, And, yeah, like, so for me, I I think Maryland keeps it within that 11.5 point line that they've got here uh, and wouldn't shock me at home if they could provide a bit of an upset here. Yeah, we know Tungavailoa can put up points when he's feeling it. They are good. The only thing that does give me a little bit of pause, if we consider just three games, and they've played all these three teams, Indiana, Iowa, and Ohio State, both Penn State and Maryland have played both of those three teams relatively recently. And if you check the scores on that against Indiana, Penn State, 24 nothing, Maryland, 38-35. So probably big tick to Penn State there. Iowa, Penn State lost that one, 20-23. Maryland lost that one. 14 to 51 big tick to penn state there and lastly uh, against ohio state penn state lost that one 24 33 maryland lost that one 17 to 66 
big tick Penn State there again. So you would think based on recency competition that Penn State probably are the better team. But again, I know, stars I know on the week now. Give me Maryland. Good. Good. Okay, there you go. All right, let's head into the Big 12. Number 14, Baylor at TCU. Jerry Kill will lead the Horn Frogs in here in their first game without Gary Patterson since 2000. A yes. grand total of 20 years. Why are Baylor only five and a half point favorites in this one? I know that line's probably changed and I probably nuked it again here, but that's... No, look, I'm a little bit flummoxed as well. Uh, I think that they've well, kind I'm of taking seen... the Bears. Yeah, I've seen the whole uh, coach get fired and response sort of deal. Maybe that's it. Maybe there is something to it. And Vegas is like, this is crazy. But uh, that seems a bit crazy to me. Uh, Baylor are dominating teams on the ground at the moment, averaging over 230 yards a game, rushing the ball there. They've, they've been strong this year. They, they've performed really well against the spread. Uh, they've, I think people are still sleeping on this team. They're a little bit disrespected. I, I think they go on the road, and that's probably working against them, but I reckon this one has blown out to six and a half, uh, I see here. Still one score. I, I like Baylor in that spot. Uh, give me the Bears. Yeah, we've seen how irrelevant coaches can be, whether it's Bowling Green head coach <laughs> or Nick Rolovich or whatever. So now Gary Patterson's gone. Maybe their defense, you watch, their defense will come out now and just have everything on lock and Baylor won't be able to move the ball at all. You Just you wait. The four-two-five, it's back. Uh, just a couple of quick notes here. Abram Smith, the Baylor running back, leads the Big 12 in yards per attempt, and he's fourth in the country in that measure as well at over seven yards a tote. That is good, like really good. So give that dude the ball. Yeah, TC the rock. TCU's run defense has been really, really poor. Not only at giving up yards, but more concerningly, explosive plays. And if you look at... Uh, metrics are often geared around this the the regularity of explosive plays given up and turnovers and TCU are not doing either of those particularly well so they're giving up those explosive games in the run game explosive plays in the run game I think that happens again this week Baylor's defense will swarm all over that TCU offensive line which allowed 10 tackles for loss last week it could happen again TCU to cover, to me, would be a huge upset in this one. So, Baylor to keep on rolling. There you go. Tulsa at number two, Cincinnati. Navy at number eight, Notre Dame. Anything on those two? No, I think Cincinnati need to win and win well. They're going to be be slighted, so they're going to come out firing. I say number two. That's number two in the AP poll. Are they even number two in the AP poll? I'm so yes, confused. They now. are number two in the AP poll. I got, I got to get away from this. Five in the. <laughs> I got to get away from the AP poll. All right, let's get to the latest late nine thirty, sort of ten thirty kick somewhere in there. LSU at Alabama. This game historically has been so so good. What's going to happen in this one, Will? Uh, Alabama are going to win by a lot. Like they are much. It's it's crazy to see this line at what thirty points. Like, yeah. <laughs> go back to the old 6-9 game, and now we're getting a line of 30 points between these two. It's just crazy to see how the game has shifted over a 10-year period. But Alabama continue to roll. I still think they're probably being uh, slept on a little bit as a side. Like, everyone thinks 
Georgia are this this hot shit team and Alabama have that one off day against A and M. Like previously they were kinda of in the conversation. They had that one off day, yes, you know, it's a loss and, and they've got to be penalized for that. But they're still a very dangerous team, a very good team. Uh, I think they show that this week against a, an LSU team that's just limping to the finish line. Okay, let's move on. Tennessee at number 18, Kentucky. Kentucky just had that complete nightmare last week, and you just have to forget about it and move on. Go back to playing clean, mistake-free football, run the ball well, and play solid defense would be the game plan, and that's the MO for Stoops and his Kentucky team. However, I think that that high ranking that they reached last week, number 12 in the country, was a little bit of a mirage. They've been making a lot of mistakes. This hasn't been as clean as you would expect. So while I think there's wiggle room against this Tennessee team to make a few more mistakes, and, and Will Levis has got a little bit more leash than he did potentially last week against Mississippi State, you know... Teams have moved the ball on the ground against this Vol defense, and they're going to have to do that again, something they just really, really struggled to do last week. Tennessee have got some good operators. Hendon Hooker has been so much better than I expected this year. He can hit the deep ball. He's going for over 10 yards, um, a completion, so that's really, really good. Um, but they need more consistency on that side of the ball, and their defense needs to stop someone. I think if both those things can happen, no reason Tennessee can't win this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I look through uh, the season, and Tennessee have been quite good this year. The games that they've lost, they've been competitive in, and then they've won some good games too. So I think that they're probably uh, a little underrated at this point in the season. Kentucky obviously had that fantastic run, then got found out a little bit. The big thing for them, though, is that they're back at home, and I think they're turning that into a bit of a fortress. They've been very good uh, at home this year in particular, uh, but even historically, when they weren't such a good program, that was a tough place to go in and, and face up to. So the fact that it is at home. I'm, I'm back in Kentucky in this one, but I do like the trajectory that Tennessee are on at the moment and where they're heading. Number four, Oregon, or number three, Oregon, wherever the fuck they are, at Washington. I got it at six and a half. It's shot out to eight points at this stage. Washington, 10th in the Pac-12 in total offense and have had their troubles moving the ball on the ground and putting up points consistent, consistently. I've got no faith in that Huskies offense. On the defensive side for the Ducks, you've got names for one, athleticism for two, and that Ducks defensive line should be able to control the line of scrimmage, and we know that's what Mario Cristobal teams want to do. The Ducks offense has also been led by the ground game, and if Anthony Brown stays mistake-free, they should be fine in this one. Ooh, I don't know. I like Washington here. I'm really big on Washington. Love that. Oh, yeah? Yes, absolutely, I am. You're going to uh, bet them, which makes me feel so much better for me taking Oregon six and so. a half. Right. Yeah, I so, feel yeah. so good about that. Now, thank you. Thank you. You've, that is free money, everybody. Free money right it here. It is a sign of confidence for anyone who wants to go that side. But for me, Oregon, there's, there's two big stats here, right? One, Washington just play in one-score games. That's just what they do. They win them, they lose them. They play in one-score games. Because they have a really good defense still. This has not been the year that we expected from the get-go, but they're kind of sneaky under the radar, pulling it together and looking all right down the stretch here. Uh, so at home against an Oregon team that I think is still probably a little bit overhyped, I think they can keep it within one score. So if I'm getting seven points here, I'll take that. The other thing is that Oregon are favorites. When they are favorites, they do not cover that line. It just doesn't fucking happen. At oh, home. And six. 
at home. They are oh. better on the road against the spread. They are 0-6 against the spread as a favourite this season. Oh, God. <laughs> this is the so, time they turn it around. 1-6. I mean, that, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. I like Washington. Yeah, I know, they're not, I know they're not good at covering. Like They fucking suck. That's why there was always money to be had um, this year. Well, I just think people are sleeping on Washington. People have gone completely too sleep on Washington. Good. It's because they're not good. Uh, Indiana at number nine, Michigan. Can the Wolverines bounce back? Uh, they should, theoretically. But uh, yeah, they also could potentially have a bit of a letdown spot here. So disappointing loss in a massive rivalry last week. They got Penn State on deck last week. You could see why their head may not 100% be in this one. An Indiana team that has been disappointing this year might see this as their chance to get a big scalp. So wouldn't shock me if things got a bit weird here. Texas at Iowa State. Another game that was shaping up to be relevant four weeks ago, kind of. And now um, it's not. Now it is not at, on, on any level. Um, both teams really disappointing. I don't trust either offense. This could be low scoring, it could be high scoring, it could be a blowout Texas or a blowout for Iowa State. I could Nothing about this game would surprise me. Uh, what is your take on how Iowa State are going to beat Texas? Uh, they just need to rock up in the second half. Do that, they'll get the win. Yeah, I mean, and like to give a bit more analysis here, I did see a stat in this one that Oklahoma State has given up one more rushing yard over its entire season compared to Texas's last three games. That's not good for Texas's go, run go defense. Yeah. <laughs> I knew, I thought you'd like that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that just shows that Texas's run defense has been an absolute abomination. And on top of that, you, you bring Brees Hall into the game who say we will. Yes. He fumbled at the goal line against West Virginia and that offense has been mediocre and Brock Purdy's been, ugh, um, but Brees Hall is still good. So look for him to have a huge day on the ground. Again, Casey Thompson, going to have to try to keep this one close. It seems a long time ago that Texas were on the verge of beating Oklahoma. Yep. Florida at South Carolina. Clemson at Louisville. Anything on those two? I do not. UTSA at UTEP. Deserves a mention in this one. Both because of their... Um, recruitment of Australian punters for one and two they are all acronym orientated schools which is impressive and important three uh, some of the the best mascots in college football the roadrunner and the minor like those I think because the minor remember reminds me of that like pokies you know they're like where's the like the, the yeah yeah you would know it <laughs> Peter Panner <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it reminds me of that. So Professor I like Gold. that. Was it? Professor Gold was one of the other ones that you could select. Yeah. Let's not go. What's the What's the girl? What's the? There was like a female as well. Yeah, oh, you like her? Did you? No, nah, I never went with her. I went with like the dog. Wasn't there a dog? Yeah, Findo. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> it is a bit. <laughs> um, only one loss between these two teams. So uh, I like it. Go, go Roadrunners. Give me some more Roadrunner love. Yeah, look, the Roadrunners, hopefully they can continue this run. They go the opposite. They extend their coach, and on the back of an extension, they win. 
Okay. <laughs> all right. That is it. Are there? I mean, we've missed some games because mostly they're all pretty shit. But is there anything else that you would like to get to? No, let's keep going. Let's get to the fun stuff. Okay. Uh, championship draft time. So take us through it, Will. Bang. All right. Uh, championship draft this week. I am selecting first. Uh, in terms of last week's results, you had a positive one, not so much with the selection. So you brought in Oregon State. They let you down and lost, and that hurts a bit. But UTSA, program that you bought the week before, shot up big time. Uh, up the rankings, what was it, seven spots, uh, and now bring you a value of $10, which is fantastic for the Roadrunners. So that's good there. You've also got Alabama at 23 bucks. So those are your two programs that are, are worth some. Uh, me on the other hand, I sold, uh, was it Baylor? Uh, that, that's cost me a couple of bucks in doing that, but I bought Ohio state and, and they lost me a buck. They actually somehow won and went down a spot. So not, (laughs) you've made a a habit of that this year. It's, it's not great trading. Um, but I, I now have Georgia and Ohio state that I'm feeling good about. And then a whole bunch of fucking nothing outside of that. I have $4 in the bank. You have $1. I am on the clock. Uh, the totals running totals at the moment, I am at $49. So the sum total of my programs plus my bank, $49. You're at 34 closing the gap. Ever so slightly. Got a lot of closing to do. So uh, with my pick this week, I'm going to pick up the scraps that you discarded last week. I'm going after Pitt. So you sold them. uh, Good sell because they were worth three bucks. They're now worth nothing. They lost to Miami. Uh, Now they're receiving votes. So I'm going to grab Pitt for nothing uh, and they can join the championship winning roster. uh, And I'll look after them a little bit better than what you did. Yeah. I'm not doing very particularly well in my make-believe games. My fantasy team is just fucking destroying itself. Um, I mean, come on. Lift. One of you yeah, you're giving me a bit of cheek like, uh, a few Mike weeks Williams, ago. Fucking give and, me something. And since then, we I'm have a, had uh, I'm opposite paths. Yeah, clearly. Um, I'm, I could get bounced completely here. And for a team that picked number one overall, I'm looking pretty fucking average. So, Pat Mahomes, fucking sort your shit out. Well, you could have gone CMC. That wouldn't have worked out so well for you either. Well, that would have been the other pick. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Anyway, uh, I am going to... I've thought about just selling someone, but I don't have anyone to sell. So, I'm going to take, I think... I don't really like Mountain West. I was going to take Fresno for a dollar because I got a dollar there, but I... I don't like what's their ceiling here. They're seven and two. The Mountain West hasn't really got killers in it. Do I believe they're going to go and win the conference? Because if I'm going to spend the money on them, that's what they need to do. Potentially, yes, but I don't see it. So I'm going to pick Mississippi State to beat Arkansas, I think. Um, And hopefully they'll jump in. I like that pick. I think that's a good one. I think the either Arkansas or Mississippi State, whichever team you think is going to win that game, is a logical pick here because I think they do make it into the rankings on the back of this one. So I can certainly get behind that, my friend. That bottom, like, kind of seven or eight teams is a bit of a mess, though, isn't it? No one's going to pick, want to pick up, like, Kentucky, Iowa, Penn State. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It is volatile. Uh, let us get to Vault Studios. Sure thing. Have you made your pick this week? I haven't even had a look. 
No, no, I thought we were cutting the segment because the boys were just not giving us so much. Uh, Actually, I should probably just play this one and just go, this is it. We're done. See you later. But I still think we pick our like one hot tip for the week. Okay. Uh, I think we still do that. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I'm going Maryland. Oh, ouch. To cover. Yes. Not I'm taking Utah minus six and a half. So um, that will be my awesome pick. So get ready for them to come in if you're interested in making money. This is the segment you need, the money. though. Here we go. Money talk. Yeah, is it though? Is it? Well, because it, like, it, it just depends on if you timed it right, because that's what you know. All all of this investing in is all about. It's when you make your move to invest or to start to fade uh, the idiot on the end of your earphone pieces. This is your money. mo, dude. Like since you've been doing this back, like two thousand and eight. You have got off to hot starts and then crashed and burned. Yep. My, my mathematics is strong in the off-season and then it just but, fails, fails but to listening, uh, cope. But listening to your strategy, you go, I, I, I create a narrative in my head and then pick that. You should stop doing that because those narratives aren't coming true. Well, no, but that was, that was three weeks ago, mate. You're not keeping up with the, because oh, then it's sorry. changed. It's been evolving. It's an ever-evolving okay. art that is yet to find perfection. But what artist ever you're does? Like the, you know? You're like the Picasso of the gambling world. I want to... I, I feel myself as more of a Van Gogh because a lot of Sunday, like around lunchtime, I'm wanting to cut my own fucking ear off because I'm so <laughs> depressed with how things are going. But this week, different story. Uh, I'm. It won't, it won't be. It probably won't be. You're right. But I have some, some good picks. So hear me out. Uh, we're taking a lot of points this week, guys. So get on board. We're, it's, it's always fun to back an underdog. It's the Aussie way. Uh, and, and that's what I'm getting around this week. So I'm taking Missouri off the bat, plus 39 and a half you can get at the moment. That's like an heaps of points. Uh, Georgia aren't going to be motivated to win by more than that. Missouri aren't that bad. They'll score a couple of times, uh, and that's going to be enough. So That was one that we both looked at straight out the gate wasn't it immediately like, you're like that's yeah. that seems like a lot uh so you give feel me like missouri, if missouri can if missouri can score a touchdown what a george which, need? which is like no 42 don't get me wrong it's no given yeah <laughs> but uh look 39 and a half it's a lot give me missouri plus points there uh, i'm also taking wake outright so they're slight underdogs there i get two dollars 14 for them to win on the road at north carolina and I'm going back to this well, and you like this, uh, Wyoming. My <laughs> Wyoming Cowboys have been really disappointing the last few weeks. Yet to win a game in conference, yep. They started 4-0, and and then I think they've dropped the last four, which is not great. But they are playing an average Colorado State team. They are at home. Colorado they're... State won last week. They did, but they're an average fucking team. Wyoming, $2.53. Also an average team. Give me, give me the Cowboys here. I really like that one. Uh, it's a strong play. I'm um, taking Mississippi State. <laughs> it's not pl- a strong play. It is a, it's, it's a not. really strong play. <laughs> Mississippi State plus five. 
against Arkansas. I'm on that side of that one. Uh, I like the points. I will take the points there. I'm not going outright. I think that one could be close. Um, Can I bet over three interceptions in the game? I'm sure you find a market. Uh, and then last one, Washington plus six and a half. We talked about it. Uh, I like them keeping it within a score. Give me the Huskies uh, within a score. Okay. Uh, so I am taking all road teams this week, which is never great. Silly. silly. It is It is silly. But I've got Utah minus six and a half at Stanford. Utah's wins this year have been by 23 points, 11, 16, 14, and 20. So when they win, they win big. If they win this game, they're winning big. So get around Utah. Ohio State, I've got to lean into this. I don't believe in Nebraska, and I do believe in in Ohio State. So that 15.5 points that Ohio State are getting, I'm going to gobble those up because they're going to cover that all day. Wake Forest, I'm with you on that one, so I do agree. I'm taking UTSA minus 11 at UTEP. Uh, the Roadrunners are scoring a lot. The ground game is good, and the defense has been solid. UTEP, whilst they've only dropped the one game, haven't been putting up big points, and UTSA have been, so they're going to have to score to keep this game close. I don't think they can do that. I am going against this Washington pick. I'm taking Oregon minus 6.5. Where's that out to now, you reckon? Eight. Uh, uh, no, six and a half. Six and a half? Okay. That makes me feel a bit better. If it's gone out to eight, I generally like going against the public money. Um, so Oregon minus six and a half. I think they cover. They're more likely to cover on the road than, uh, than at home. So uh, give me the ducks in that one. Or historically speaking, that's what they've done. Don't look at me like that. And I'm going to take... I, I talked myself into this one as well. Baylor minus five and a half at TCU. I, I, don't, I don't understand that line. So I'm just going to bet it and not think about it. Is that a thing? So there's six uh, from yeah, me. Yeah, look, uh, uh, it is a thing, but I tend to go the other way. When I see a line, it doesn't make sense. I bet the other side because I'm like, there's something there's something at play here that we don't know and I want Why would I you bet the it weird. then? Give me... The, Give me. I want the weird because I think there's. Give me Bohannon. Give me Bohannon. Give me Dave Aranda. Okay. Yeah, I can't hate that. So, six road teams you're betting there. That's uh, feisty. If if you hadn't gone against me in the uh, the Oregon one, I might take some of my Melbourne Cup winnings. Did I tell you I won in the Melbourne Cup? I had a good day yesterday. You did tell me, mate. You were fucking champagne showers. I was up and about. Uh, I, maybe I'll take some of that and reinvest it and follow your picks here because it can't be any worse than doing mine. Yeah, and I mean, like, after having looked at kind of gambling stuff this year, I'm trying to talk myself into it a little bit. A lot of it shows that bad teams at home to cover are where the money is had. And I'm going against so that going theory. Against that. Yeah, right. I'm going completely against that theory this week. But... Except the Wake Forest one, because they're underdogs. But yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look that pretty for me when I look at it like that. But you've got to go with your gut instinct on some level, um, especially if you're not a big numbers operator. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our last and most bullshit segment. Uh, I'm taking Temple at ECU. So Temple to beat, again, on the road. Um... East Carolina's of their eight games, six have been wins by one score only. Temple suck, but 
maybe they can hook a weird one here. And that's what you're looking for in, in these ones when it's more than two touchdowns. You want it to be a close enough game that something strange could happen and you get out on top. So don't hate that pick. I think you've mentioned it before. Stay in the group of five when looking for these yeah. ones. It, it's, <laughs> it's much safer. Uh, in saying that, I've gone Indiana over Michigan. So just don't listen to you at all. Uh, pick one yeah, of the enough. biggest programs. Michigan. I mentioned it, that it's a bit of a trap game for them. I think exhausted after a big matchup. Uh, last week do you know that's the most viewed in-season game I, i'd have to check definitely this year but going back some time i think like a lot of eyeballs were on so that game. What, what are you talking about i just completely checked michigan michigan now. state a lot of people watch that game most watched game like in history uh, of in, college football. In, in, in season game uh definitely this year i'm not sure how far going back but a lot of people watch that game um so a bit Big. Sweet start, mate. You're really finishing with a with a punchy start well, there. That's good. If you could listen the first time I say it. Mate, it is late and I'm fucking rooted. Can it's we really not that get late, this, but you are. This, this episode has dragged. Like, it literally feels like I'm hauling a sack of rocks up a fucking hill right now. And you are the rocks. That's, I am the sack. No, that's just right. me. I am. It's just mean and unnecessary. I've tried to bring some energy today. I've tried to be the positive guy guiding us through these doldrums. Uh, and, and you, if anything, have been the rock, the, the chain around. The rock. I have been the rock. I've been the rock of this show. Fucking we're er, er, just airing some dirty laundry here and there. Is that what's happening? Okay. Um, do you have anything, any other bullshit that you want to rabble on about here? No, I'm ready to go to bed too. Yeah, fucking thank God. All right. Uh, now, because of the down slate, outside of probably the Auburn A&M game, I hope your team wins. That's really all you look for in a schedule like this. Down week, yeah, some funky results here and there, but hopefully your team gets through okay. Uh, on behalf of that, go over there. Thank you so much for joining us. Please do do all the things we said at the top of the show. CFB down under, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, podcast. Hit the subscribe button, Vault Studios. Say hi to them, Burnley Brewing, drink it. My name's Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time. I spent last night in the arms of a girl in Louisiana.